Good morning. So let's turn our Bibles to 2 Timothy, chapter number 3. I have a goal this morning. I want to finish this lesson. Uh, for the next three weeks, uh, Brother Mike, I've asked Brother Mike to handle the Sunday school for the adults. And so he'll be teaching next week, the 10th, the 17th, and I think the 24th. So Brother Michael Mayer will be teaching for me as I will be in the Philippines uh, doing some more uh, wrapping things up with our life over there. So pray for that. I'll be leaving this Thursday coming up with Moriah. So as uh, they have not seen her and uh, be a good treat for my mom and my mom's side of the family. So that's what I'm going to try to do. Hopefully that we all come back. My wife told me that if I don't bring her back, don't even bother coming back. So I got a lot riding on make sure uh, Mariah is safe going there and coming back. So anyways, uh, go ahead and turn your scripture to 2 Timothy chapter number 3. 2 Timothy chapter number 3. And as we're we're doing that, I'm just going to give you a quick overview uh, we're in lesson three, the power of a parent's influence, part one. And we looked at point number one last week, uh, two weeks ago. We had Brother Aaron last week with us. Uh, two weeks ago, I believe we went through over uh, influence through the scriptures and how the, the scripture is really a major part of raising our children and should be as Christians shaping our children's life. In letter A, we found that the scripture provides structure. So this is where we find uh, the building blocks uh, to help us uh, in raising and building up uh, uh, children that God has given to us as a heritage. And then we went to letter B in our point there. Uh, It's provide standards, all right? Uh, Provide standards. We often think of standards as something individuals uh, would, would have. Well, when you have children, uh, as you raise your children, just like uh, they don't have a job yet, they don't have their own home, you provide some of those things. And so as, you're, as a Christian, uh, when, you, uh, when, you ended up, when you end up having children, uh, you're going to end up providing them with some standards that you have uh, formulated by looking at the Word of God, and your personal standard is what you're going to execute at home. And so that's uh, when your children then become adults themselves, they will end up probably uh, differing in some things than you are. At times, they're going to do exactly what you've done, and they'll carry that over in their adult life, and even when they have their own children, all right? So it's important, even young people right now, before having children, make sure you have a working knowledge of Scripture so you can come up with biblical standards, all right? Don't shy away from standards because, really, we all have them. We all have standards, all right? And uh, it's something that is a part of a Christian's life. So we looked at Proverbs 4, uh, 1 to 4, and let me read that to you again. It's in your notes If you have the notes, Proverbs 4, 1 to 4, and then we'll go on to the next point here. Hear ye children the instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine, forsake ye not my law. For I was my father's son, tender only beloved in the sight of my mother. 
Now, Solomon was the writer of Proverbs, and it's funny that he's talking to his sons, but then he alluded to the fact that his father David helped him formulate some of his thoughts. And so we see that here. Verse number four, he taught me also and said unto me, let thine heart retain my words, keep my commandments, and live. And see how Solomon was raised to have a communication and good relationship with dad. Now, Solomon is using that experience of dad and telling his kids, just like your grandpa taught me, now I'm going to teach you. Okay, so it's important as parents to understand that we have an influence to those that we are raising. If God's so fit to provide us with children, it's a gift. It's a heritage uh, from the Lord. It's something good. Now, it is a privilege to have children, and it's also a responsibility all at the same time. Now, we move on to the next section, and there it is. And we see how standards should be set up. Not that standard is important, but we need to look at the foundation of all of our standards. It has to be founded from the scripture. A lot in our day-to-day would say things like this. Well, the Bible doesn't say anything about it. So now I'm going to do this. Very dangerous place to be as any individuals making decisions in life and founding their life on a faulty foundation such as that. The Bible doesn't say anything about it very specifically, so it does, it gives me the right that now I can do this. No, 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 no. That's not how you set up and have foundation of standards. What does the Bible say? Then I build my life on what the Bible says, not on what the Bible did not say. And then eradicate landmarks and standards that were set for us. Right? There is reasons why people do what they do. And even in the independent Baptist movements, there have been reasons why we do what we do, why we have altar calls, why we have different things that you say, well, it's not really scriptural. All right? Why do you not go on the altar? Give me a Bible reason why you don't go on the altar in the church. All right? I'm not saying that's a rhetorical question. Answer that for yourself. Don't go on the other side of this. Well, the Bible doesn't say I have to go to the altar. That means I don't have to do it. No, 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 no. Whereas the Bible says, the principle of an altar, the Bible talks about an altar a lot of times. You have to find a principle before you say, I'm not doing that or I'm doing that. There's a danger with young people that, well, I don't like what, I don't know whose cup is who here. Anybody know what's going on? Double portion. They said, all right, good, I'm going to drink them. Mm. So, so be very careful with that, all right? I'm not telling you, well, uh, we're just going to come up with a few things and you just have to do it. No. I'm just saying be careful with this logic. The Bible doesn't say anything about it, so thus I could do this. That's a dangerous foundation. You do things because the Bible says so. If you believe that your Bible is your authority for your faith, we believe what the Bible says about salvation, our faith is based on what the Bible says. And it also, believe, it also says uh, in, in, our, in, our, uh, in our forefathers as independent Baptists that it is also the authority and our basis for practice. So anything that we do, why do you not watch that show? Well, you have to have Bible reasons for why you not watch it. So not the other way around. Well, the Bible doesn't say anything about it, so I can just watch it. 
No, 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 no. That's a very faulty place to be. All right? You do it because the Bible says so. Not because the Bible doesn't say so. Okay? Are we getting that? All right? It's going to help you when you have children. Because when you have children, they're going to be like you. They're going to ask you like like you ask your parents. Mom and dad, why do we do this? And your parents are going to have to give you biblical answers, biblical principles, why they did that at your home. All right? So we have to have Bible answer. Well, the Bible doesn't say so. So now what? Who's our authority now? Because the Bible doesn't say so. Where do we land now? Are we creating now things that we are now the authority of? Well, the Bible doesn't say so. Now this is, where's your authority now? Where's your authority now? You see how that's dangerous? I hope I'm getting to you. I hope I'm getting to you because it will help you when you're raising children. All right? It will help you when it comes to raising children. You have to be able to discern what is Christian liberty and what the Bible gives us as principles that is unchanging. All right? Now look at the sequence here. We've got a pyramid. And you notice on the foundation of the pyramid is Bible command. The next to that is principle, then standards. The sweet, uh, for starters, we should choose standards that are based on Bible truths. So it has to be in the Bible. There's a lot of things in our life that some of us might say, well, it's gray area. The Bible doesn't clearly, specifically say something about it, like Bud Light. It doesn't talk about Bud Light. It doesn't talk about M- MTV. It doesn't talk about Facebook. It doesn't talk about uh, social media. It doesn't talk about having a computer, what kind of computer you need to have. It doesn't talk about anything specific to those nature, but it doesn't mean it doesn't speak of a principle that would apply to those very specific things that we live and have in our life. So we see this. The truth is that most of the standards a godly parent would impose in his home are are not found verbatim in Scripture. That's why. Okay? You can't find thou shalt not drink Bud Light. But light bud, you could. I don't know if there's such a thing as light bud. The truth is that most of the standards a godly parent would impose in his home are not found verbatim in Scripture. So there's the danger. Well, the Bible doesn't say it. Well, you have to dig because there's a principle that I know it covers, right? Because it's an endless book. It's an, it's a, it's an all-time book. It's a, it's a relevant book. For all ages. The Bible promises that. The Bible does not specifically mention MTV or curfews. It doesn't say you have to be home at a certain time. But they should be based on scripture. Based on scripture. Don't make any rules up, mom and dad, at home that you cannot found and you cannot base it on Bible truth. All right? Find it on Bible truth. There's a lot of safety when you're standing on God's word rather than coming up with a tradition that you just so made up. All right? Found it in the scripture. Find it in the scripture. Look at the sequence. goes like this. First, there is Bible command. And I will define these things for us as we go here. Then a principle is developed from that command. Okay? And then from the principle, a standard that supports that principle. A command is obvious, all right? A command is obvious. It is spelled out, instruction 
or principle in the Word of God. So when we talk about the bottom line there, the Bible command, it is very, very, very specific. Salvation is in Jesus Christ. There's no ends and buts about that. That is very clear from the Scripture. So when God tells us that we should lead our children to salvation, guess what? That doesn't fall on Christian liberty. That doesn't fall on, 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 on uh, our now uh, opinion on things. It is clearly given that salvation comes from Jesus Christ. There's no argument. It is Bible truth. It's spelled out for us. All right? It is elaborated. It is explicitly explained very simply in Scripture that Jesus Christ is salvation. I'm using that as an example. There's many other things. All right? In Scripture, that tells us that. Now, here's one that might be a little bit help to you. The Bible doesn't tell us to read it every day. But the Bible tells us that we should be in it every day. And the Bible tells us that we should search the scriptures daily. And it, it, it talks about those things. So here comes some of our standards that we come with Bible reading. Some of us have Bible reading plans for the year. That's the Bible tells us that we have to read the Bible in the year, specifically. No, it does not. But does the Bible tell us to be in Scripture every day? Does the Bible gives us principles uh, that we, do, we would do better if we meditated day and night? In Joshua 1.8, very clear that it tells us that. The Bible is very clear that we should be in the Scripture in a daily basis. There's enough in Scripture that I can point that to you that we need to be in the Scripture daily. So now that standard of reading the Bible throughout the year, could it fit? Could it fit in that principle? That standard of reading the Bible through a year, could it fit? Yes, does I promote. If you want to read the Bible in a year and you have a one-year reading plan, go ahead and do that. But if you don't, you're not wrong. But be in the Bible every day because that's the Bible command. Be in the Bible every day. It has to be penetrating your brain, and it has to be working in your heart. It's more necessary than your daily food. Well, how many times do you eat? Do you eat daily at least? Yes. So, thus, the scripture must be in our lives every day. Some people read it more than once a year. Great. That's better. But it doesn't make them better because they read it twice a year. All right? You have to discern some of those things as you move forward and as you instruct your children. Be honest with them. Be honest with them. This is the Bible truth. And as your parents, this is how we're going to apply that in our lives. This is how we're going to apply this Bible truth in our lives. Okay? So that's what that is. Look at 1 Peter 1, 15 to 16. 1 Peter 1, 15 to 16. <clears throat> but as he which had called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. All right, that's a command. It's a clear command. Conversation, we know, it has been defined for us. Pastor Cole has been going through how to study your Bible on Wednesdays. And this is one of the words that came up, and he briefly defined what conversation is during this time. And what it is in class, what's conversation in this version, in this, in this version of the Bible, in this uh, <laughs> King James. What is this, guys? Conversation. What does that mean? Lifestyle. It's what we do. It's our daily living. 
Look at what it says now. There's a clear command. You have to understand a couple of words here so that you can now make some standards in your life that will uphold this Bible command and principle. Here's one. But as he which had called you is holy. What is holy? Somebody has to know what holy is. And the Bible, understanding the Bible, we are defining. Oh, there's another. I can do either one. All right, I'm doing this one. That's messing with my brain. I don't know why, but it is. So uh, he showed us we could use the 1828 dictionary. By the way, you know that it's free online. It's free now online. I have 1828. I can just type any words I want, and I use it all the time. It's on my phone now. Pastor has all those books. I have them all here. That's the way it's going, you know. I'm, I'm, I, was, I was enjoying him talking about uh, Brother O'Meara's computer, and I said, Pastor, I, I could take it anywhere I go. I could go to the Philippines and have it. It's all synced. You know, all my devices are synced with my Bible. My sermon here is in, is in my iPad. Just the way it goes, it's on, my, it's on my laptop. It's just the way we have gone, all right? It's really cool. The principle didn't stop, though. It's still the same way of studying. It's just different devices. Now, look at this. You have to understand what holy is. And you have to understand conversation. In, in all manner of conversation. All right? Holy means to be separated from sin, separated unto God. All right? We were once part of the common populace. We're common people. We were sinners, all of us, born in sin. But Jesus came and provided a way so that we can be holy. And that is his, his sacrifice on the cross. And once you accept him as your Savior, First Peter gives us a promise, you became what? A peculiar people. You're no longer common. He's taken you from common, and he made you holy. That is the idea of what God is doing. He's saying, you were common, I saved you. Not that you're special, I'm special. And I happen to pick you up. Just like if you go to the PetSmart, and you're going to pick your pet. I understand there's an element of the pet that you would like, and you decide that because we're human. So it's a faulty illustration. But really, the pet has no power on the decision that was about to happen here. You have to pick the pet and you grab them from that and then you take them home. And now you give it a name. You gave it a name and now it's part of your family. Now it's all of a sudden going to get an ornament on the Christmas tree. Now it's part of this family all of a sudden. Now it's part of every picture. It's a special dog now, although it's a dog. But now it's special because you have taken it from common and separated it and maybe it's a part of you. And so God is holy. He cannot be with sin. You're a sinner. You're in a common uh, group. And he grabbed you and he says, I'm going to make you like me. And you're not going to be sinful anymore. I'm going to work on you to make you holy. Salvation made us holy. And then he works the work of sanctification. Sanctify. Sacred is the same idea to make us holy. With the Holy Ghost. Working in us with the Holy Book. All right? And so it's all making us like God in holiness, right? He's doing that in our lives. Now, we are no longer supposed to yield our members like we used to do it here. We no longer do the things that they do because now we have been separated. All right? And now we're separated into God. Now, God instructs us on things now that before we did, now we don't do. Now, we're going to do things we never did here. Like for, like, love our enemies. Like some of those really hard things. 
that we hear about preached. Like turn the other cheek. Like go the extra mile. Like give him your coat also. That's here now because that's what Jesus does. The world didn't do that. Now he's instructing us. He's taking us over there and says, okay, now you don't do this. Now you do this. That's holiness. In all manner of what? Conversation. In every aspect of our lives. In every aspect of our lives. To the nth degree of what we eat. Because he said in whatever we eat, whether we eat or drink, whatsoever we do, it should be all to the glory of God. Correct? All right. So we do that now. Look at verse uh, 16. Because it is written, be holy for I am holy. Now we draw a principle from that command. Bible principles allow us to address the specific issue of life that are addressed in the largest sense in Scripture. All right? For instance, from 1 Peter 1, 15 to 16, we draw the principle of holiness, and I just explained that to you, which could state as, my lifestyle is to reflect the holiness of God and should be separated from ungodliness. Is that a good principle derived from that command? Did that make sense of what I just read to you? All right? Now we have a principle. Finally, from that principle, now we develop standards. You see the pyramid? Bible command, get the principle, then establish your standard. That's why I'm not proponent on whether, well, the Bible doesn't say it. Well, you might not participate in it. That would be safer. If the Bible doesn't say anything about it, it might be safer you don't participate rather than do this. Well, the Bible doesn't say it, so I'm just going to do it. That's a, that's a little bit more, I think, on the wrong side of the coin. Okay? Find out what the Bible says. All right? Now, here it goes. Finally, for our principle, we develop standards that bring the original command into direct contact with our daily living. You're going to not succeed as a Christian if you don't do that with Bible preaching and Bible teaching. We were given this illustration also what? Wednesday night. Anybody remember what happened Wednesday night? Remember, we were taught. He draw out the principle. He got the Bible command, and then what did he do? It's amazing how his studies, we don't talk to each other, and it just mirrors each other almost all the time. It's pretty amazing. So uh, we had then what? An application. An application uh, is something that we do, and a lot of times standards come in the application of Bible command. Okay? Now, the, uh, all right, finally, from principle, we develop standards that bring the original command into direct contact with our daily living. From the principle of holiness, we could develop specific family standards, all right, related to music, related to relationships, and related to entertainment, and more. The point is that these rules go back to a specific Bible principle. You have to have them based on the Bible because we're Bible believers, and Bible practicers. All right? If you are a young Christian, or if incorporating standards in your home is new to you, ask mature Christians around you who do have standards, all right, to explain the purposes behind them. Study scripture and ask God for wisdom in guiding your family in establishing these types of boundaries from God's word that will protect your children. And you have to understand some of these words, boundaries and protection. 
That's really what standards are. It doesn't make you any better than anybody else. A longer skirt doesn't make you more modest than a skirt that covers what God commands modesty to be. All right? Your clothing can all vary in color and style, but the principle is modesty. Okay? And that's another uh, area that you have to deal with with your family, and you have to deal with that. Uh, what's your standard on, on, on them using their cell phone? What's your standard on them using the Internet? What's your standard on the apps that they're allowed to have? Do you want them to have devices? How old they need to be to have devices? That's a lot to think about, Pastor. It's not that bad because I love the children God gave me. And I will do the work because I've been gifted with four of them. And so I will do the work. I will take the responsibility. Because I've been given the responsibility by the God that gave them to me. And so I will make the work. That means I have to sacrifice some of my personal time. When did you, that, when did you figure that I was a part of it? <laughs> that should have been figured out a long time ago. Having children takes something out of you. You have to sacrifice some things. That's why you want to have them young. Thank you, sis. And she knows what I mean by that. Because your energy level doesn't, it, it, it wanes. At 40, almost 40 here, I wasn't, as like going home after working all day at 23 and throwing Abigail up in the air after I've worked all day. Yay! All right, come run over here. Rolling on the ground with them. I don't think I've ever thrown Mariah like that. I'm 39. I'm afraid I'm not going to catch her. <laughs> this is going to be an ordeal. Three weeks with her. It's going to be fun. I'm going to test every limit I have as a father. And I have to pay a lot of Filipinos. Can you just keep an eye on that girl? You know. Uh, you, you have to sacrifice some things when you have children. You're not going to go on dates. Unless you get a good babysitter. You're not going to have it. Now, well, then I'm not going to have children. That's up to you. I'm, I'm, I'm not God. That's up to you. I'm glad I had four children. I do. One of them will take care of me. Mm-hmm. One of them will take care of me. And life is so much more fuller when you can share it with a lot more people. And so it's up to you. I'm not, that's up to you what you want to do. But uh, it's work, guys. It is pure work. But there's a lot of joy when it comes to the work. Finally, from a principle, we develop a standard, right? Okay. If you're a Christian, borrow some. Borrow some. Ask people. A church family should be talking to one another and asking, how did you do that? I talked to a lot of you that raise children and have adult children. How did you do this? How did you do this? I talked to a lot of people asking for advice that would help me understand the scripture clearer. 
and give me different perspective and points of view because I only have one point of view. But if I get your point of view, then I get to see things that I would never see on my own. I'm not going to do exactly everything you do, but at least he's going to give me some illumination and say, oh, maybe I'm more geared to do it that way. So I'm going to do it that way, okay? Because like standards, it falls on some of it on your preferences and your Christian conviction, okay? So think about that as you keep going. As you develop your standards, understand that godly people land at different places on that personal applications which they base on Bible commands and principles. That just happens. That's true. That is absolutely true. All of us eat, right? Do we all eat the same thing? At times, eventually, we do. A lot of people here eat pizza and wings, so eventually, this area probably eats a lot of pizza and wings. But the Filipinos don't. They eat a lot of rice. Okay? But we're all eating. Right? And so, in life, there might be a different application, but the principle is we have to eat. Okay? So, uh, think about that in, in that way. So, as you develop your standards, understand that people land different places in their applications, but it has to be based on Bible commands and principle. For instance, one parent may decide that the best way to adhere to the principle of purity in his home is to have no television at all. Have you ever heard that standard that people have? They don't have any TV at all. Okay? All right. While others may decide to have limited television. All right? That's kind of where my family, if you want me to be transparent, that's kind of where we fall. All right? Be careful about measuring someone's spirituality by their high standards. I don't even call it that anymore. I call it differing of standards. They should not, we should not call it high or low. That is not really the way to, to, to differentiate the standards. All right? Because really, if you look at standards, it's like a fence and boundary. We could say some are safer than others. That would be a better way of saying that. Right? I, don't, I fear heights. So I do not prefer and would not prefer in my portfolio of things that I want to do in life, has nothing to do with mountain climbing, has nothing to do with skydiving, has nothing to do with bungee jumping, has nothing to do with roller coasters, has nothing to do with nothing that will make me uncomfortable. I have to ride in a plane. I dread riding and flying in, in a plane. And I have 15 hours. One of our flights is 15 hours long in the air. And I learned that the bigger planes are better. So that 15 hours in a big, big, big plane, you don't feel everything so much. But at any rate, there's some things I have to do even though I don't want to because I have to get there. And that's the best way to get there right now. Unless I want to ride on the boat. And I don't want to ride on the boat. That takes months to get there. Right? And so at any rate, you know, in in life... uh, I, I would not do those things, so my, 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 my preferences and my, my, my way of life is not going to find me doing those things, okay? And so, but for you, you might like that. You might be a jumpy, bungee jumping and flying off the plane and parachuting, gliding, 
my wife asked one time, we, we had an opportunity to, uh, what is that? Uh, uh, para, uh, not, not, uh, parasail, right? When you're in the back of the boat and it lifts you up and the boat drags you around. No way, woman. No way. I'm going to sit on the beach and I'm going to have my pina colada, non-alcoholic, non-alcoholic, guys, pina colada. I watch you. I'll watch you do that. I'm not doing that. So uh, the Philippines is a lot cheaper with those kind of things, and we get to afford some of those. But uh, pretty wild stuff. Anyways, <clears throat> as parents, your primary concerns as it relates uh, to standards are, or rules in your home is that you influence your children to Scripture by setting boundaries in their lives and passing on to your children the biblical conviction on which those boundaries are based. Wise parents remember, as their children grow up, uh, not only to teach them the rule, but to teach them the biblical thinking behind it. Why and how it was developed. I think this is a disservice we're doing our children when we don't know why and how we came up with those standards. Look at some of the standards you have at your home. Some things that are pre-set already, pre-programmed in your brain by being an independent Baptist church and by going to a church like this. Question a little bit, not question in the sense of changing anything, but just question how you got there. Why is that standard in your home? Why do you do that? And how was it developed in your brain that you think that that is now a standard and a boundary we need to have in our home. All right? Here's what, I, here's what I can tell you. A lot of it is we just copy what we hear. And a lot of it is we just see what people do and we just soon just follow it. Now, that's not bad for a time, especially if you're a young Christian. Somebody said this to me, I didn't understand it. Borrow some of my convictions until you have your own. But the goal is, ultimately, I have to have my own. And that's developing now as I'm an adult. It wasn't so when I was a teenager. A teenager, I'm glad I had a pastor that I could follow him in that. I can follow his conviction. And guess what? I landed pretty okay. Now, Pastor Cole, is he the only conviction giver? No. There's other people that I could follow. And Brother Hank Thompson, I followed some of his convictions. Until I developed my own conviction. And now if you ask me, I'm not going to tell you, well, Pastor Cole, that's, no. Well, Pastor Hank, that's, no. I might elude the fact that they did this, and so now I looked at it for myself. I looked at Bible uh, passages, and now I do this based on Scripture. Okay? That's going to help you as a parent. Don't wait. Don't wait. Young people, do it now. Ask questions. Ask your parents questions. Well, they can't help us. Well, I'm not trying to belittle your parents. Maybe ask them to find somebody that can explain to you some of the Bible questions. And typically that's what happens is you go to your pastor. Do I have everything figured out? No. No. There's some things in my brain right now that hurts because I'm trying to figure out where's the best place to land on this particular issue. I have Bible principles, but I'm trying to figure out where I land on some of these issues, how to appropriate Bible truths altogether to come up with a conclusion that this is where I'm going to land now. This is what I'm going to do now. Okay? So uh, I encourage you at any rate, develop Bible 
convictions in your life. Develop Bible conviction. What happened when parents enforce standards without teaching the Bible principles and convictions behind them? What happens? Some children will hold the standard into their adulthood, but most will not. All right? And worse, even if they do, they won't know how to apply biblical principles to new situations that develop. And that's what I'm talking about. If you have no command, you don't know the command, you don't know the Bible, how in the world are you going to formulate a principle based on the Bible command when the world is throwing at us at a speed that I can't even imagine of new things? TikTok, what are you going to do about that? What are you going to do about TikTok? What are you going to do about that? We have to have Bible standards on that app alone. We need to have Bible standards. How are you going to handle that? Well, it's easy. Yes, it's easy when it's you. It's harder when you have children. Somebody was saying, I think it was Brother Jeff, because uh, Caleb is in the police force now. I think he said it last night. We were together. He said, uh, I don't even see the danger of what I do. Right? But now that I have children that is in the same thing that I do, I worry a little bit more. And that's the same thing with raising children. My wife does not care if I come home alive. As long as our little precious bundle of joy comes home alive. Now, I know she means, she wants me to come home alive. But the emphasis lately in our home is not that. When I went by myself, she said, you better come home. If you die, I'm going to kill you. But now that I'm bringing Mariah... And the motherly instinct in her says, I don't care what happens to you. In fact, I'm not even part of the equation except for the fact that I'm responsible. Bring that baby home. So it's just the way it goes. You say, well, standard doesn't matter. It will probably when you have children. And they're going to look at you and say, Dad, Mom, why do we do this? What are you going to say? Well, that's what our church does. That's what, that's what our pastor says. No, 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 no. Those are all good for a time, especially if you're just brand new in the church and you're looking for some standards. But it has to be more than that. It has to be, well, let me show you what God says. All right, in the book of such and such, look at this, son. Look at this, daughter. And because of that, your parents have developed a conviction this is our conviction. Now, that could be different from you when you grow up. But this is how we, we based it on. And because of this, now we, stand, we had a standard over here to uphold this principle that we found in the Word of God. This is how we're going to do it at home. This is our personal preference on how to apply that in our home. But there's some things that are clear. Like I said, there is no reason for you to have a, a personal application. You just have to do it, Okay. But there are some things when it comes to standards that we have some personal preference and we can have Christian liberty and we have to apply a certain thing. And so when we do that, she's going to ask, guess what? I can take her to the Bible and I can show her how we develop that in our life. That will help your adult children someday when they go off on their own. When they all go off on their own. I'm not going to say they're going to agree with you but at least you can give them to the scripture. In the Old Testament, uh, two families uh, we can view. 
and that is Moses' parents, and we got uh, Eli's children. Look at these. Uh, in the Old Testament, we see that the mother of Moses uh, exercised Bible principles. Well, as a father, Eli, of his two sons, refused to hold his sons to basic standards of morality. Now, Moses' parents, especially his, his mother, because it's mentioned in Scripture, Jochebed, trained and taught him for the very short time they had him in their home. Hebrews 11 records the outcome of their investment. And look at what Hebrews 11, 24, 26 says in your notes. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the sons of Pharaoh's daughter. How did he know that? Well, his mom raised him. It was really neat because to save him, they had to make him go to this river on that, on that bull rush, on that basket. Uh, and then the, the, a daughter of Pharaoh's, uh, the daughter of Pharaoh found him, and then they had to have a babysitter. And the babysitter happened to be Jochebed, the mother, okay, that saved Moses' life because they were killing those Jews. Now, verse 25, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasure in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Moses chose for himself to embrace his parents' conviction, all right, so that when he came to the crossroad, he was able to make a hard choice and it be the right choice. All right? Moses chose for, him to, for himself to embrace his parents' convictions. All right? That he was a Hebrew. And at that time, that was a hard thing because Hebrews were slaves. Now, you understand where he was. He was in Pharaoh's family, the ruler of the slaves, the one that called the shot. But he was taught that he was a Hebrew, and he says, nope, I'm going to get rid of all of that. How did he end up doing that? Because he was taught by his family. He heard it from his mom, and he developed a conviction on that. And when it was a hard choice to leave all that behind, and it was the right choice, guess what? He was able to do it. There's so much more. That, that's funny. I didn't even go nowhere. That's crazy. Well, we'll get back with it. Three weeks from now, I'll have Brother Mike teach next three weeks. Let's pray. Lord, help us to have some understanding of how to develop standards. Help us to get that in our mind. Help us to learn it. Help us to ask questions. Help us to develop Bible convictions because our children depend on it, and we can teach it to them to help them. Lord, bless us, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. You are dismissed. You've got 11 minutes for the next service.